questions. My name's Richard. Um, we have James and we have Craig in the room here tonight. And tonight we're going to be talking about competition in sport and at what age. The last time we did a podcast, we tackled the issue of kids getting involved in sport and what what are the basic fundamental requirements of getting involved in the sports club. So hopefully you enjoyed that podcast. And um, as ever, if you can share it, comment and join the debate, happy days. Tonight, there's three of us. Before, it was only two. So we have James in the room here tonight. And um, before we get started, James, can you just give us a little insight into your, into your background in sport? Okay, so um, I played at a quite a high level. I played for Oxford United and Northern Ireland. Uh, and then after my short career ended at 19, I took a break. And at the age of 24, I got back into scouting for Wickham Wanderers. I obtained my coaching licenses, started to run my own sports company in England. And then I recently moved to Australia to run my own football academy and become a, a football manager for a men's semi-pro team in Australia as well. And now I'm back in England working for a football club as a football director slash football coordinator. So many, many years within the, within the sports industry. And, let, and I'm, something I didn't do in the last, last podcast is, is tell everyone what sport I played. And that was football. So James, as well, was involved in the football environment. But it doesn't matter what sport you play. Most sport is the same. Most sport carries the trials and very, a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And um, luckily, three of us in this room have a lot of experience in sport. So the, the uh, podcast tonight is competition in sport what age so a very volatile issue um within sport currently which falls a lot in in line with um current society type of agendas in regards to how how tough or how soft we should treat kids within within the sport and industry um so craig we um we you know we, we tackled the issue of uh of what the, you know the basic fundamentals of of what what kids need to get involved in sport but i'm going to allow you to take the floor initially just to discuss the, the issue at hand and, um, and what experiences you have of this particular issue in regards to lack of competition in sport. Nice one, Rich. Um, and welcome, James. It's good to hear you, matey. Um, we missed you last week. Um, for, for me, competition in sport is, is, is imperative. Um, personally, I believe that children need to need to experience it, need to understand what it is. They need need explaining to them. I think most most competition in sport is based around not so much the children but the parents. So the parents, I believe, are one of the fundamental issues behind why I believe I think competition isn't at the forefront of any type of sporting activity because um, how what I've experienced in, in in terms of managing and coaching children, young adults and adults and also being involved in sport myself, is that parents tend to get more excited and more involved with it than the children do. And ultimately their anxiety, stress, and, and all those types of feelings get transmitted to the children. And they end up having these emotions and not really knowing what they are. Um, I think education always comes first, but you know, if, you, if, you, if you're telling me a child shouldn't be looking at competition in sport at a certain age, I think it's absolute garbage. I think, I think children need to know what it is and if they want to be given the chance to experience it. Um, yeah. I don't think it should be competition centered, but I certainly believe that, that competition needs to be there. Otherwise, how do, how do how can children gauge if, the, if they're being successful or not? 
how can children ex experience winning and also the knowledge and, and the development that's involved within losing? I believe that the, the, par the, the paradigms of both the top and the bottom, of uh, the, the, the peaks and the troughs are far too big when we look at uh, competition in sport. There should be a very, it should be very small peaks, very small troughs, but very, very, very simple and very directed uh, pieces of information to, to explain why you feel this way and what you might have done if you haven't been successful or haven't won a competition to see where you're going to get or how you should yeah. to improve it. But if you have won a competition, how to sustain that and how to get uh, to improve on that as well. So I, I don't think there's any age. Uh, there shouldn't be an age limit to it. Certainly not. I think education always wins in this one. But we're yeah. just not educating. We're just not educating the kids. It's the bit, you know. I, I believe it's the adults that are ruining it for children's um, uh, competition. I think they get far too involved. Well, yeah, precisely. I think edu and we'll, we'll talk about that um, later on in the podcast in regards to the education side, because again, it's it's not so much um, getting kids involved in competition. It's is are people educated enough um, delivering competitive environments for kids, and that's a that's a really that's a really cool thing to talk about later on in the podcast. But James, over to you, mate. Um, your experience playing, coaching, um, managing men's teams. Um, yeah, give us a, an insight into where you think competition is at in the 21st century. Um, well, I, I look at it both ways uh, because I, I, I accept the fact that competition collectively in a group can have uh, less benefits than from an individual level. So let me give you an example of that is that Sometimes individual children don't want to be a part of a team and they don't really care if they, if they win 4-0 or get beat 4-0. But the onus on them is to improve as players. And so from an individual point of view, um, it's important for them to strive to, to improve and to get better. Um, from a collective point of view, being in a team environment and wanting to win is a, a, fun, a fundamental part of society. And what we've done... Uh, or what we're doing is actually we're um, wishy-washing and actually destroying the sort of uh, the sort of uh, um, the way that we we treat sport and how we sort of educate children on, on a loss. Where we're always trying to mollycoddle children. Now, in the last 10, 15, 20 years, when all this politi political correctness, where everyone's a winner, started to come about, you start you started to see the breakdown of sport in general because if you start telling people over a period of time it's okay it's okay not to win and etc etc then they won't put a hundred percent effort into what they're doing because being average becomes acceptable and just to give you an example on that um there was a i run i, I run a football club in london and the under nines team that i uh, that were playing on sunday only three children turned up because they, the rest couldn't be bothered. Wow. Now, if you had a, 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 an attitude where winning was important and being there and, and having the attitude that you, you, it's important <clears throat> to be around your teammates and making sure that you know, you're together as a team, that would never happen. But we have a breakdown of what's right and wrong within sport. And it's collectively the problem what we have in society as well, where I feel competition will become elitist and at the at the bottom level at the grassroots level it will just become a bit more like a circus where it's just a bit of fun where you can have the fun but the element or the sort of 
the structure of it should be more towards the individual improving, which is a win, and collectively as a team as a win. But again, I understand the kids that don't care about either, but they should be chucked in other groups as well. So we can't, again, we can't put those two together because it doesn't work. No, great, mate. Seriously, great points there. Both, both wicked points to start us off. Because I like what you said, Craig, in regards to the education side of it. Because if you can't deliver a competitive session, then it's, it's never going to work. Um, if you're just there shouting and screaming and demanding that your team win, but there's no direction to what they're doing, then that's wrong. But with James, what he said about this dumbing down of... And what I liked about it is it's competition is only going to become an elitist type of uh, thing where it's only, it's only for the, the high echelons of society, the most skillful players, the most talented players. But at the same time, this is a skill that everyone can learn and everyone should be, in a, in a way, like everyone's made to, to learn English, should be made to learn the, the basic fundamentals of competition and what that entails. Now, yeah, when I think... Go on. But, but, don't, but don't forget, sport transcends life. So sport yeah. is just, sport is a projection of how you live your life. And what you see in society is that you see a lot of children now growing up and Craig's seen it in his football career and he's seen young players come up through the ranks. It, it, people can't handle hardship. Now, if you can't handle hardship on the pitch or on the tennis court or wherever it is, you're not going to handle hardship when it comes to life in general. And I think, I think sport has a, a fantastic way of developing that, where education really is about you and developing and learning, but it's not really, it's not really has, has the same sort of impact as sport does. Um, and if you lose that, then the kid at the age of 16, 17, if they don't, if they don't believe winning and losing is fair, then they're going to go into a very harsh world. And the world we're seeing at the moment is only going to get any even harsher. So... That's where that's where we're at with sport. Sport reflects the society we live in. Well, there oh, we go. Yeah, so let's, well, let's, well, let's, well, Craig, I'm going to ask. I'm going to start a question. Uh, we're going to roll this now to, to these to, to some questions. I'm, I'm going to start with you. So the, one of these ones is: Are you born with it, or can it be taught? So I'm going to put that to you first, Craig. No, you, you're not born with it. You're certainly not born with it. You. Um... The winning mentality comes from, or the competition mentality comes from your environment as you're growing up. Yeah, it's what you, it's what you're subjected to. I mean, you look at most of the top players in, in the world, or the, or the, you know, the top top players. They've all they've all got a, got a story that suggests that they've either been, you know, they've had a hard upbringing. They've had, you know, they had they, they had, didn't have access to any facilities. They had to go down the down the street, put jumpers for goalposts. You know, there was. Had to make it up as they went along. They, they had they had to they had to use use their imaginations to get themselves into these positions. But, I, but what I experienced when I was a young kid was twenty to thirty blokes or you know young teenagers playing over a park, fifteen or sixteen aside. And if you're the youngest one, you had to be you had to be. You had to be skillful. You had to be. You had to jump high to, to, to get over the legs of everyone who was trying to kick you. If you wanted to wanted to stand out, and that's and that's where I that's where I see most of the the the, men, the mental capacity, the mental the mind frame being being sculptured is is through is through unstructured play, unstructured, yeah. un, unstructured play. Oh mate, just, that's a great point. Brilliant you know, point. 
So, so, when, so when, when you put kids into a playground, and this is something, again, where everyone can associate with. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, mate. Yeah, this is something that, you, that everyone can associate with. When you, when, when, you, when, when you watch any playground, you watch any kids playing uh, organically with their friends, you can see the pecking order already. You can see how the kids are positioning themselves into the hierarchy of competitiveness. And again, it's 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 basically it's that big big pond, little pond scenario. Are you going to be a big fish in a little pond or a small fish in a big pond? And which analogy would you want to be associated with? Would would you want to be a big fish in a little pond where you've already beat, already got the capacity you're going to get to, or do you or are you going to be that one that really wants to go and, and challenge the big fish? You know, in in whilst being a little fish in that pond. That to me is. Is how I've always always seen it and always approached it. I, I, I was I was never satisfied with just playing simple football. I never wanted to be the one that stood out. I always but, wanted to, to, to challenge. But Craig, do you do you think do you think one of the biggest like again when we talk we look at modern society and we we don't see that as much. We don't see kids going into the park. We don't see them you know mixing with different age groups. Like how important is it? It's, I, and I rem- and James will will back me up on this. I remember when we lived down our council estate. There was eight-year-olds against twelve-year-olds. There was, and you know what? You, you yeah. know, you you got battered. You know, you you yeah. come off you come off second best ninety-nine percent of the time. And, and James, you can back me up on that. Like we had some wars, but I tell you what, that just grew you as a player. That gave you that 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 foundation to to fight. Of course it did. Of course to get it into did. Like, and like you said, to, to to get into that that pecking order in that unstructured environment. Because when you haven't got a coach there kind of micromanaging every aspect of what's going on you have to find your level you and and if if you don't find it you're going to get shoved out of 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 that environment and so mm. i think that point alone is it is magic so james to you give us what do you think mate do you do you think people are naturally competitive or do you reckon it's more of an environmental thing that causes people to uh to become more well, competitive okay. No, I think I think uh, Craig hit hit the nail on the head. This is uh, you know your environment dictates. We see we see a lot of what we see now, which is snowflake society, which is making kids more weaker. Challenges and stuff. like you just said, and and a bit like football players in general, where in the modern game. It's instinctive. Uh, so it is more of environmental. So we're so obsessed with structure. And what Craig said about being unstructured is the most important thing because you develop your own sort of risk, ass- your own risk assessment based on what you see and you've got to develop your own sort of problem solving. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. It's, it's an environmental thing. And uh, it's. it's Again, we don't see it no more. Everything has to be structured. You have to go to a holiday camp. You have to go to training. But you rarely yeah. see kids. You rarely kids see organically. That's one that, yeah. that for me is, is one of the biggest things I've, I've I've noticed growing up, and obviously again going through my my twenties and my thirties, and now into my forties, is now watching how little people are go going. And source those 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 games on a daily basis. On a daily, we're talking a daily basis. Everything has to be right. Going to take him to swimming. Going to take yeah, him to God. To so judo, monotonous and, and boring. Yeah. And, and you go, okay, right. So so where where's, 
wearing that is the child's choice. Where, where, wearing that as a child going, I want to do this. They make the choice. Once a child makes that choice, then they, they're, they're passionately in, in, engaged with it. They go, I want to go and do that. In fact, you know what? I'm going to go and do that. You know what I mean? I, I'd love my two just to go out in the garden, just smash a board against the wall or do, or do things that they they want to yeah. do off their own back. And I keep, I keep saying to them, don't, don't keep asking mummy and dad. We're happy to do it, but don't keep asking us. Do what you want to do off your own back because when you get into life and when, and when life starts then challenge you without the crutch of having a mum and a dad there to support you, what's going to happen? You're going to have to then figure this out one step at a time but, and make those mistakes or successes yourself. And the only one that's going to do that and be accountable for that is you. Not me, not, not your mum. It's going to be no one. And that's where I believe understanding how competition works. You, you know, you, you, you can dress it up however you want. Competition could be life. Com competition could be a challenge at work. Competition is everything. Competition is, is, is getting up in the morning and, 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 and beating somebody out to the, to the, to the breakfast table. Well, you know, well, well, well to, to, to back up what you're saying there, Craig, um, I've, I've got five kids, as you know. And um, there's, I, I can't do anything without like something attached to it. And we, me and my brother growing up were always the same. Like if, if we went out and played a one-on-one -on -one against each other or did keepy-up competitions, mm. there, there, had to be a, oh, there had to be some sort of prize. So me and James were working from a very young age. My mum and dad made us work a lot. So it'd be like, oh, if, if I beat you, you're going to have to do my jobs up at the school or you have to mm -hmm. clean the toilet and, or, we don't, or I get a week off hoovering or whatever. But I, I played it, these like just little board games with the kids, but to give it a bit of incentive to it and to make it more exciting, just because I'm an evil dad, um, you get prizes for winning. So I get like a pack of buttons and I say the winner, you know, the winner wins X amount of buttons. And I remember sitting down with uh, playing this game called Tummy Ache and uh, we're all sitting there. And um, my youngest, Daniel, who was only, was only two, about two, going on three, and um, we, I just thought, stuff it, just let him, just let him play, and let's see, let let let's see how he gets on. But it's an easy game for a two and a half year old to play. They just flip a card over. But anyway, he kept every time, say one of the other kids, kids won, he would burst out crying, which was basically understandable. A two and a half year old watching a kid eat a chocolate is the most worst thing that ever can happen in your life, can it? But <laughs> I, I wasn't doing anything on purpose. I was just let, literally just being a very stubborn, evil dad and just letting the whole process play out. So eventually, you know, Daniel would win and he, he would he'd, he'd be very happy, obviously. But then what I noticed after a couple of weeks of constantly playing, like we would play once a day or every other day, he stopped crying. Then I kind of sat back and went, there you go. That, 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 if that's not. If if that if that's not an environmental challenge, he's he's basically gotten over, and 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 built a thick skin for. I don't know what is. He's he's learned over a two. Don't get me wrong. He, he, to this day, he still might burst out crying, but it's not as frequent, and he's fully aware of what of the environment he's getting himself involved in. So I think collectively we can all we can all say like the first thing to to the first thing which is lacking now, is is the environment, the environmental challenges that the kids are engaged in there's just not enough kind of challenge or or risk being taken by these kids like not, not enough kids are playing the 12 year old if they're eight years old well if you, you think know, then, about then, it Rich, right if you think about it sorry sorry if, no, go ahead. If, if um if the environment is made too safe 
and this and this again comes down to us as as adults and and caregivers and parents. When we were younger, my my I'm, 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 I could be corrected on this, but I probably won't be. It, we 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 were given a lot more freedom yeah. by our parents when we were young than than any parent gives any child nowadays. Now I know there's a lot of stuff that we know about and. There's a lot of knowledge that's that, that's around now, surrounding the dangers or the potential dangers of, of, of people within within your environment or you, the, the environment you put your kids into. But within certain certain situations and within certain sort of within certain parameters, you need to be able to trust your kids can 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 grow and be and be self sufficient without the 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 the, you know, the BD watchful eye over them. Because ultimately, yeah. all, all all you do in that situation is restrict. All you do in that situation is you limit, you disable, you you're stopping their you, growth, you, aren't you? you? Yeah, you, yeah, you stunt, you stunt, because they're always they'll they'll always be looking for your um, almost acceptance to to the next step that they're going to take. They're never gonna, they're never going to be able to make a mistake without the fear of making the mistake. Yeah, and that's no, me, I agree. Is, is, is a horrendous thought pattern to have for a child. Is I don't want to make a mistake in case I make a mistake. I'm like yeah. that. That that to me doesn't make sense. Let them and, make and, a and mistake so that they can learn from it. It might be painful, but as long as it's not not life damaging, let them make the mistake so they can grow and learn from it. So ultimately, they then don't make it again. It's like putting your hand in a fire. Yeah, you know, I, I was a I was one of them kids. I was I was one of them kids. That sort saw a flame. Poof, I put my finger in it. Oh, I'm not going to do that again. Or an aerosol I mean, can, you know. Or, <laughs> or, or yeah. Or I was I, I would I was certainly a kid who would put his foot on a, on a, on um on the glass uh, front of a fire. Because because when my sock when my socks were wet, they used to sizzle. Because yeah. I had wet socks, stick them on the glass, sizzle. But if, all of a sudden, as soon as that they went through the sock. As soon as it hit that skin, bang! It was like it was, it was like watching um, Sylvester jump out of a out of a hot pan. You know what I mean? So that for me, yeah. it was it was it was like I say, I was allowed to make those mistakes. But again, you make one mistake, you won't make it again. No, the kids, no. But, the kid, the yeah. kids are not environmental aware of the dangers because we keep them well away from them without them experiencing it. Yeah, you know, kid, kid falls, kid falls over. There's 300 people that run to it, mate. You know. No, so, you know, so, the, the fire, the police, the ambulances are all called. Like, I don't. Well, you know, I've, I've got an well, I've got an issue within netball where um, a lot of a lot of clubs are, are concerned about the welfare of their of the kids involved in in their netball clubs because um, private companies and this goes this goes throughout all of the uh, um, sp- um, no, most most companies don't offer no personal insurance when you um, when you um, basically engage in their services, but again, it's this, this, like, it's the kind of the mindset. The kids can't play netball unless you can offer fifty quid if they break their finger. And it's kind of right. like, you know, but we, that's another topic in itself. But James, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you something here because you, you, you've, you, you know, you, you love your coaching. Um, a kid comes to your, to your, to to your football club or whatever it is, and you know, you, you basically, how do you, how do you start the process? Of competition, what 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 are the things you start teaching to get that that mentality going and that ideology going? I uh, personally, it comes from individual development. So, if a kid comes to me as a blank canvas, then I'll just look to improve them and and see and show them how they're improving, 
and what stages they can actually get to. And then and then you and then you can transcend that into a game situation as well. But really, you really work with them and make them passionate about what they're doing to start off with. Once they start becoming passionate and starting to have a have a belief in what they're trying to achieve, then you're going to get the winning mentality out of them as well. Because yeah, with, great. I agree. With, with increasing skill, you just want to project that onto onto the the stage, so to speak. So from an individual level, that's how I'd start it. Um, yeah, and I, and I've and I've been and I've been a coach on two different levels. I've been I've been a terrible coach where I've sort of lived through the kids through my coaching. Focus on them as individuals and I take a step back and as long as they're learning and developing, and then and again that's to me that's them winning. And once they build up that passion, that's when you can enforce the competition element to it. If I if I see a kid who's six, seven years old and he's just there just to have a jolly up, then I don't really put too much time into them because at the end of the day, they're just there for the right. They're just there to get fresh air and have a good time. So I'm not going to I'm not going to enforce. Be nurtured and I do it. So that, that's from an individual point of view. That's how I'd start. Well, but is there is there any way you can uh, like so you you know like you talked about that that that, that child who's who's just generally not interested is. It, you know, is there any method? I know you talked about increase increasing their skill their skill in order to them to see the the progress they're making, which will make them more more hungry to uh, to develop. Um, but again, how about from a psychological level? Is it is it more is it all about showing them practical, or is there an element of psychology in there which will help trigger that uh, that, that can... at, a, at a young age? It's more whether the kid likes the coach and. Whether, whether they get along with the coach and if he's funny and and, and then they'll they'll build that trust and they'd want to play for you and they want to win for you and they want to do better for you so from a young age that that's how I see it psychologically then say between the ages of like eight plus then you look at discipline enforcing sort of ways and means of sort of how they how they dress and how they turn up to training? Are they early? Yeah. Um, yeah. Fundamental things that we all do in in life in general. If you enforce that into your into the way you coach, then the kid's going to turn out to be more disciplined and want more from what he's getting. But again, it all depends on the individual coach, so to speak. But I always say this: I have I've had so many parents say to me, "I want my kid to be more competitive. I want this and the other." But I only get only get an hour and a half a week with I'm not a magician. No, I, I agree. And uh one thing we did as as me and my brother when we run when we run our own oh, sorry James. Oh I think it's like the parents try and chuck the off. But, but, well, I've seen if, Craig. You still there, mate? I'm still there, mate. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Well, we, we could. Yeah. We, well, James is he's, he's on his way home from work at the moment. But what he was touching upon there, which is a really important thing, I see if I can grab him back in into the into the room. I'll, I'll send another invite. He's probably driving through a dodgy area. Um, is that again? 
when you get to a certain age, one of the ways, a great way of in, in, in engaging the kids in, into sort of this competitive environment is to make sure, again, there's good high standards with kit, um, good high standards in regards to behavior, in, in regards to are you turning up early? What are you doing after the sessions? And one thing me and James established within a, a previous business was this really cool thing. We used to go into the, um, and again, it worked for the majority of the kids. Again, you can't help everyone and you can't get everyone on board. No. But we used to do this thing where we'd go into the hall and we would, we would, the first thing we would do before the session started was we would shout hard work and the kids would shout dedication and we'd shout it again and we'd shout it again. And we did the, 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 the standard free shouts just to get, everyone immersed in what the expectation was of the activity we're about to do. Um, so from a psychological aspect, you've got that, you've got that um, individual development, which is practical, but from a psychological aspect, implementing those basic fundamental things of just before you start a session, say to the kids, hard work and get yeah. them to shout dedication back. And then now once they're starting to say those, once you're starting to trigger them with those, those trigger words, you then you, you you kind of get them to buy into what you're selling, and that, well, and, that and, for, yeah. and for and for any coach out there who's listening, um, it's I I've done it for a good well nearly nine years, and I can tell you now it's it's really effective. And if you implement something like that into into your grassroots club, you will see a massive difference in their in their in their in their in their in their, uh, their performance. And their ability to engage in in the activity you're doing. So, um, yeah, Craig. So, you, so give give me give me your idea on um how you think. Well, yeah, how would you go about teaching this the, the art of competition? Well, to be fair, mate, you, you, what, what you've what you've just touched on is 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 probably um, one of the sort of golden nuggets, if you like, behind child psychology. In a sense that children tend, you know, there's there's this whole thing about how you know, repetition breeds um habit our habit breeds performance how performance breeds competition it all sort of goes hand in hand and i think what what the what the um what the problem we have is is a basically a detachment from home environments to sport environments and that's, and, and, I, and what, what, what i'm seeing happen more and more is that the the sort of word isn't replicated enough so like, like James touched on, you know, he says he only has them for an hour and a half each week and to implement those types of standards and to get that type of, you know, feeling and dedication across in that type of time frame is, is that is near enough in, impossible. But if you're seeing somebody once a week and the information that's being sort of given at their home is, is replicating how, how the coaches are, speaking to the children or how they're speaking to the to the, to the to the little players and how they're developing their mindsets and this again is something not just for coaches it's for parents to understand a little bit and use that word understand because i don't want people to stand under me but based on what what we what, what we're trying the concept we're trying to get across is if the if the information remains the same from start of the week to the end of the week to saturday to sunday and it's the information's positive. The information is is structured. The information is is um, progressive, but it's but it's singing on the same uh, song sheet from start to finish. Not only will you get the children engaged, but they'll start to look forward rather than dreading the change of environment. And again, I come back to this word environment because um, you know we we live our environments. You know, if your environment if your standards are low in your environment, then 
I don't care who you are. You're not going to change them for an hour and a half for somebody else. If your environment's for six days a week, you know, 24 hours a day is one way. And then you're being asked to do something different in a different environment. Like you say, can we, can we put this into check? You can't do that, you know, because could because ultimately whatever work you do on a Saturday is going to be put back into where, into what they're used to six days a week. Yeah. So, so ultimately that environment is going to dictate how, so, so, so I, I look at, how can we change the information at home? How can we be a little bit more constructive? Well, do you know what I felt? Do you know what I felt was um, a very good, a really effective thing to do as well. So when I used to, like, I used to be really intense when it comes to getting kids to understand that I don't care how good you are, but I need you to buy into what I'm selling. I need you to see that if you buy into what I'm doing, you know, that you're going to progress and you're going to, you're going to ex- have better experiences. And one way of doing that was actually giving examples of particular people who had achieved amazing things yeah. within sport. And I say like, people like, for me, uh, like Muhammad Ali, um, I used to reference footballers, like one of my early heroes. And I think this is, this was given to me by my dad without me even realizing it was George best. So I used yeah. to sit there and, and gaze at George Best like he was some sort of magician on the football pitch. But, you know, you've got people like Roger Federer in, in the tennis world. You've got Michael Phelps, Serena Williams, Venus Williams. Oh, you can go on all day. But it's, I used to say to the kids, go and watch these people because they harbour the same mindset I'm trying to impose upon you. Mm. And mm. yes, you might not become a Venus Williams or a Roger Federer or a George Best or, or a Muhammad Ali, you will see, you will not only see your 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 your, your skill level improve, your 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 temperament improve. You're going to experience things that you never thought you would experience, and all it does, it 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 it, it takes you on a journey, and it takes you on a mm. sometimes a very harsh journey. But again, this is what competition is. It's a reflection of life. Absolutely, and and life unfortunately is up it goes down it goes sideways and you but as long as you stay true to the to the the basic fundamentals of of what you're learning in regards to the, the discipline um the, the 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 practice the um the, the psychology in regards to um buying into like um a team a team a team mantra then that will that will that will help you with your your with your progress um and this kind of leads me on to the next question is in order to teach competition, do you, you need someone with the right personality to do it? Don't you Craig? Like not every, uh, unfortunately some people are as dull as dishwater, you know, <laughs> you, you, know you, 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 you know, you switch off after two minutes. So how, how, how do we get coaches inside these, these uh, grassroots clubs who can actually project this, this message without it coming across all wrong. It, it, do coaches need to have a certain personality to teach competition? That's the question, Craig. They do and they, they do and they don't. I think it's I think it's um it's certainly down down to personality. You know, I think you need to you need to have a real clear understanding of a, of the goals you're setting for the uh, for the children. I I I I I think a lot of other coaches get mixed up in trying to be too technical. When when coaching children, in a sense that they want they want they, they want it all here and now they want they want to see the finished product before they've even got you know they, they want to want to run before they've crawled and walked sometimes you know they they, they make their sessions so so complex 
that the children have no comprehension of, of, of what of what they're being asked to do. So then so children get confused when they get confused, they start to mess around, mess around, then they start to, you know, their standards drop. I, I, I look at the best the best types of coaches that I've experienced and which I've tried to model myself on is is keeping it keeping everything as very simple as you yeah. can. Keeping it keeping it very, very clear. Don't change the message one little bit. You know, if if you start with right children, this is what I want you to try and aim towards and doing, especially especially from the ages of six, seven, eight, and nine, you know, the very, you know, the very sort of embryo status, status of children's development, you know, you, you want them to really sort of get to, be, to grow into a passion. They're not going to be passionate about something they have no knowledge of. Yeah. And, if you're, and if you're throwing so much um, techni- te- technique or technical you know, jargon at these children, they're not going to understand a thing. You know, I've, 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 I've been involved in conversations where... Well, Craig, tell me this. Is there any um, kind of workshops or literature that's filtered down from the FA? Well, we know I'm using um, football as a case in point because you're involved yeah. in it. Um, is there any literature or any workshops or anything they supply that actually educates coaches on how to deliver competitive sessions? No, no. And you, and you know what? And you know what? It's the opposite. It's football for all. It's 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 um, come along. Let's try and get as many people through the door as you possibly can. Let's get let let's, let's fill the arenas. Let's fill fill the. Uh, but why? Well, but why not? But, but, but why? But if if competition in if 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 the FA or any governing the aim of a governing body should be to create World Cup World Cup winning teams or national winning teams, because in because that is what inspires the next generation to play the game. That's well, what inspired is. me it to play is. football. Why are they not teaching this? Why, why, why have they kind of decided, oh, by the way, that doesn't matter anymore, but then start claiming we want to win World Cups and we want to do this. But surely it's, it's part and parcel of that. Yeah, it's, it, well, it's, it's down to opinion. And I, and I, I, I believe, and uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll chat to anybody face-to-face. I don't mind the, the, the conversation. The problem with the FA at the minute is they look, they look at it and think we aren't doing enough to get enough children into sport. Right, we're not doing enough at a grassroots level. They can see the drop off based on what we've spoken about, which is you know people not having organic areas to just go and play and just be themselves, yeah. not being encouraged to go and play, and play amongst themselves. Everything has to be organised. The problem is they've got these guys talking about it, but what they're not really doing is doing the research and actually yeah. going and going and experiencing it. You know that all they look at all they look at is footfall. They go, how many, how many people do you get involved in that? Oh, we had we had 30 kids on that on that course. Oh, it was good. Of those 30 kids, 29 of them hated it. Oh, but, yeah, we got 30 all, kids. but we got 30 kids on the course. That's good. Yeah, that's so bad, isn't it? Like, it's I, kind I, of it's it's kind of a yeah. quantity over quality, isn't it? It, it is. And, and and like I say, I I, I I know we touched on it last week when we spoke about the the levels of coaches that you know the, the wrong end. You know, we've got we've got um our inexperienced and and just starting out coaches at grassroots level and we've got the better coaches in the academies and and the, the, the league clubs and the and the premier league now has you know got has got the ua for a license and pro licenses and the fa have now made it only by appointment and, and invitation you can get onto these courses and i'm thinking to myself you really are just backside about face you know to use the expression you know ultimately what we want these children ready to go into the academy, more children to go into these academies, more children top end. Maybe they don't want the children. 
or that, that amount of children to go to the top end because it causes a problem. They've got more children that are... God, but Craig, we, we, we all believed, even the worst players all believe they can make it in the game. Like, yeah. why, 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 have, why have we become so afraid of letting people down? Like, it, it seems to me competition is, is being put to the back burner because people might feel the pain of defeat or they might feel the pain of not getting into the team or, you know, it's you know, one of those things. But to, to t- if, we, if we take this to a, an academy level, as an example, so you know, mainly we want to talk about grassroots because that's where it all begins. But if we look at the academy structure in football, let's just talk about Chelsea, for example. Mm. Chelsea are a results-driven academy. Their yeah. aim is to win every game, it, and, it, and they, they will do everything they can to win. And the message to the kids in Chelsea's academy is, you're winners. And that's, be, and that's reflective within the FA Youth Cups they keep winning. Because yeah. they're, but then if you look at clubs like Watford and Reading, so these are two clubs I know for a fact don't push that message. It's all about um, learning the game. It's all about um, you know tactical awareness and all that. But my our, my friend and someone you know who's on our other chat, his son got beat over twenty nil against Southampton, mm. and the coach went and the coach went up to the Reading and I said I said mate like what what is the message when you're getting you know I'm, I'm sorry but an academy Reading team shouldn't be getting overbeat 20 nil by a Southampton team. That, that is not, there's something seriously wrong going there. Yeah. And the message given to the Southampton players is completely different to the message given to the Reading players. And all I can, and I said to my friend, I said, what did the Reading coach say to the kids? And he said, you did some great things there. Now don't patronize these kids because they've just been hammered 20 nil and it bleeding hurts getting beat regardless, whether it's, Five nil, ten nil, or twenty nil. But mm. why? How dare these coaches play down an experience which the Southampton players have maximised, but the Reading players, because you have this kind of ideology, it's all about you're not progressing if you're getting beat twenty nil. I'm sorry, Craig, it's not. No, happening. you're not. No, no, you're not. So, that, do, do you believe you, well, that's well, fair? No, no, no. Well, well, no, you you are. Trust me, you 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 progress if the information at the end of the game is based around. Education. Oh, but come on, Craig. Twenty nil, mate. Like, yeah, but yeah, come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. I, I, I admit, right? Twenty nil is 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 a hammering. So it was over down... twenty nil. It was over twenty nil. So, 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 so that's the that's down to the coach to understand the levels that he's putting putting his the, the kids that he's that he's. I, I mean, I suggest they're not in the same sort of league. It was a, it was a one off friendly, was it, or was it? What was it? No, it's, it's, it's it, well. They've just gone back, and uh, they're just they're just arranging friendlies and stuff. But for me, yeah. it's kind of like that Southampton team, or whether it be Chelsea. Because I know Chelsea do a do 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 a good number on a few clubs when they play, because again, they're built. They they've got a different mindset, a different ideology when they play the game. But I just think to myself, when you come up, and I have the same t- kind of problem in netball. Well, not me personally, but I see the same problem. You have clubs that kind of bring down. The kind of the 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 message they they bring the message down to a very nicey nicey level where it, just go and have fun and you know just enjoy the experience. But then you have clubs that are pushing this 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 really strong message that you know today is about winning. Today mm. is about um, you know maximizing why we're here and that's to come away of the victory. And they they're doing it in a in a in a structured way. They're, they're still they're still they're still um making sure the kids are playing the game right. They're 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 tactically um you know learning as they as they go along. But 
for me, it's kind of like, why would you set someone up for a fall like that just because your fear is it is it, what are, are we talking about fear of a backlash if we start peddling a message of competition is is that what it is are, are these coaches just dumbing it down and saying it's, nothing it, to do with, a, nothing to do with me <laughs> do you it, know what it, I mean it, it's a narrative that's that's from the from the from the governing bodies it's not it's I, I, for me mate I can say you go to school. And you go to any 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 lesson that's that's within that school. So maths, English, geography, science, all that type of stuff. They stream their kids. It's competition. My yeah. kids are involved with it at school. You know, they my kids know what, what level they're at, at in school. Yeah. And they're told. And they're I don't told, get it. And they're told whether they're seven, nine, twelve, yeah. fifteen, twenty. They're told, and they're put into their sets, and they accept it based on based on how good they are at that that. Uh, discipline or whatever subject it is and they know what levels they're at they're, they're given they're given instructions on how to on how to better themselves but they know what level they're at in sport my goodness me unless unless you are plucked out of the of the, of the grassroots pond and stuck into an into a into an academy or a, or a development center that's structured in a way that's that's based on competition then, it, then it's a feeding frenzy you need to you need to find your feet, find your level, and it's basically, all, all, all you know, all bets are off. And I hate yeah. that. I'm not being I'm not being funny. You know, I I coach an under sevens team uh, locally. Well, give us an also, like Craig. What do you do at an under sevens level? To do do you do you actively? And I, I you get, probably but, don't. I, I, well, I get involved. I'll, I'll give you an example of what. Well, give me an example of a, se- example. a, a, a session that that. No, 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 no. I'll, in... I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of this this weekend. It's quite Go fresh on. in my mind. So, yes, what were they on Monday? So, yesterday, we, uh, my youngest played over uh, over in Bourne End. And we got beat 3-2, 3-2. Two good games, you know. Um, and, you know, bearing in mind, they haven't lost a game in, in a quite... Uh, my team hasn't lost a game in so many, in so many weeks. And it was it was interesting because they, they, the players, my players... Uh, decided that they they were they they were, didn't didn't want to play for whatever reason it was. They were quite tired. They didn't look looked a bit lethargic. It was one of those situations where you kind of go, "Come on, boys, wakey wakey." This is you know we're in a game now. Yeah. And and I'm so glad it happened. I, I mean, I, I was trying to, all, always to, to to get them to get them to play. I was being enthusiastic. I was trying to get players and switch them around in position. It just nothing was working. And and it, you know the team we played, they weren't bad. You know they were a good good team. You know, we did. You know, tried to do the, the at the basics in terms of trying to get them to pass and all that sort of stuff. But nothing, nothing was going right. So at the end of the, at the end of both games, I just said at the end of the first game, I just said, look, I said we were a little bit, little bit sort of away with the fairies in that one. But let's let's try this. You know, next game to be a little bit more focused. Try and keep your eyes on on the game at all time. Don't lose focus. Let's 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 try and get amongst it. But lo and behold, we kind of did similar stuff, and we like we lost the second game three two. And at the end of the game, I said, you know what? I said, I don't like losing. I said, you need to understand that there is winners and there's losers. Now, we've won consecutively for the last four or five weeks, maybe six weeks. And you guys have done absolutely fantastic. But that winning feeling, now you've now you've now known what it's like for the other team to lose. You've now known what we've done to other teams over the last five or six, five or six weeks where you've come off happy, smiling that we've won a game. You now know what that feeling is. So we now know what we need to get rid of next next time we play to try and stop that from happening. Second of all, we need to probably prepare a little bit better for the game 
So we need to make sure we're going to bed nice and early. And we need to make sure we're focusing them for the, for the 40 minutes that we're playing, the two games we're going to play. Let's make sure that we, for that 40 minutes, we're really focused and we work hard. Other than that, boys, just want you to have a really nice weekend, have, you know, happy smiley faces. And just remember those two things for next week. Now, my, 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 it was easier for me to deliver that information in losing because I know that, that, that based on, on the result that we had, they didn't like losing. So me to say... For so the, so you're, 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 you are pointing out that you, they lost. Yeah. We, they lost. Out. Yeah, they lost. And these were the reasons why. This is how you fix it. This is how you fix it. And let's see how we can get there next week. Now, if a team's won... Now, this is the different thing. If a team's won, how do you fix it for the next week? How do you fix it? There's nothing to fix because... Whatever you tell them, they're not going to believe you because they've won a game of football. They don't care. They've got, they got, nothing, they got nothing in them. You, you know, there could have been fundamental problems that one player has done a bit of magic and scored a winner, which has negated every single point that you could have made to that, those seven-year-olds to help them for, this, for the week that you've just had where you've lost 3-2. But the good thing about winning and losing is there's always an opportunity to fix it next time. Nothing ever stands still. And that's why, that, and that's why I think coaches really need to be very careful on how they deliver things because because things never stand still, because there's always another chance, because there's always next week, tomorrow, next year, next month, whatever it might be, there's always a chance to fix something. So why get caught in the moment? You then need to understand how how competition works, understand that there has to be a winner in order to, in order for there to be a loser and vice versa. And to stop yourself from, from feeling the, the negative side of, of losing a game of football, these are things you need to make sure you do. Now, I don't think that's a problem. I don't think that, to me, that, that, is, that, is in, that is consciously and positively engaging children in competition. Oh, it's some not... people are screaming at this, at what you're saying here. They're, they're probably saying, Craig, seven-year-olds? Yeah, but... What are you on about? But, 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 I'm not, but I'm not being funny. As those children go home, they're going to they're going to probably say. Were to they disappointed, Craig? No, they, they weren't disappointed, but they listened. Their heads were down to start with because they'd lost the game. That gave me an opportunity and a door to open. They, they left the door yeah. open for me to educate them. Yeah. Now, now the problem the problem with with with, with leaving a door open for some coaches is the education. They get caught up in the emotional side of losing with those children. You take and when you take emotion away from a problem, what you're left with, you're left with facts. And if you deal with the facts, children will respond to facts. You deal with emotion, you can't fix an emotion there and then. It can't because you're not you're not you're not consciously consciously attached to the person who's got that emotion. You can't take that away. You can't take you can't take away their their tears and their cries. All you can do is educate them on what the next step is to improve it. Well, you okay. well to well to be honest, you've touched uh, you, you keep touching upon my next points. I want I want to make because you you talked about there a coach, you know, kind of taking taking a defeat personally. So this leads me on to how how is so you've got you've got two ends of the spectrum. You've got someone who's potentially not teaching it right and is kind of creating this wishy washy type of environment which sets the kids up for a constant. A constant um, level of failure in terms of mm. scores and and their progress, but you've also got the other end of the spectrum where, and I, I'll tell you what, I've seen it. If, if anyone, I, I, I like to reference netball; it doesn't get enough airtime. But if anyone's seen netball, um, like coaching at netball level is just as extreme, it's just as aggressive, and it's just as passionate as um as football. I haven't seen um, football coaching in, in in many years, so I can't comment on it. But I've seen. I've seen the, the passion, 
the, uh, the 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 will to win being projected from the coach more than the kid. So how is do sometimes a competitive a really competitive coach are they, are they getting it completely wrong where it's more about them than it is actually the progress of the team? Oh, oh mate, you again. That's the that's probably the biggest point you'll ever make about grassroots grassroots coaching is is the emotional involvement of, of the coaches and the parents. Again, I'll, I'll come right back to the beginning. It's all about education. If you don't create the right environment and, and keep it, I mean, emo, emotion is, is, is probably the biggest, the biggest um, hindrance to anybody, anybody developing is, is, is emotion. Passion and emotion are two different things. Yeah, let's get that right. Passion is something that you, that's within you, that is something that's there that, that you use to drive you forward. That gives you gives you an an actual interest in something that you you want you want to make sure not to make sure you that you want to see develop that you want to see when you want to see grow. Emotion can work with you or against you, and, and that and that's positive and negative. So it's so it's always an unknown. Passion is something you've got to, to see something through to a goal. So those are the two dis- distinctions between or the distinction between. Uh, the have two. you got an have you got an example of 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 a, of a situation where you've seen a coach just completely go off his rocker or or just completely, you know, just look an absolute idiot because their passion for 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 winning is 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 far greater than the actual education of what the kids are actually doing. Um, only, only for when I mean, recent, sort of recently, it's more been about, you know, if, if a child makes a mistake, it's, oh, never mind, never mind. That, it, it, it's, it's almost gone. The passion for the, for that has got, I, I can, I, I can only sort of comment from what I've experienced personally, from when, from when managers have got personally involved and almost begging for, for something to change because they're that emotionally involved in it. And you kind of go, oh my, oh my, you know, they've lost, they've, they've lost the plot. But 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 when you're dealing with 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 sort of teenagers and sort of latter teenagers, you kind of understand where that comes from from a from a perspective because the, the guy had coached and managed at at, um, at semi pro level, but he come into a youth team, and and he was he was almost violent when he was speaking to the players about how much he that, that you know the players had let him down. Yeah. <laughs> not so much, not 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 so, not so much about you know the. I mean, you t- you're, you're talking prof- top professional club here, where he's, he's you know screaming in, in players in teenagers' faces like you know how dare you do that? And I'm and I'm thinking you know what, I'll guarantee that player hasn't physically gone out and consciously thought about doing that to you and making you feel that way. And really having that emotion to change your, you know, he hasn't gone out and thought, I'm going to do this to you, just to you, no, no one else. I'm going to make this personal to you and make make you feel like rubbish um, by doing this. But that's but that's how it came across. He's, he's actually personally done it to him. Now, when, I know when you're when you're building character and you're building people, there's this point. Again, you look at films like Coach Carter, how he breaks, yeah, yeah, he breaks people. You know, you look at um, Remember the Titans. Yeah, how, great how, film. How, you know, you know, looking at these, there's a purpose monum- behind it, isn't there? There's a there's yeah, a direction. Monu- yeah, monumental reasons for breaking barriers, but this was just breaking for the point of for the sake of breaking. You know, and you kind of look down and you think, I've, I've got nothing from this. I've got nothing from you getting personally involved with that player. There's something going on there that that's just deeper than this game. Yeah, and and and, and that's where I think it's wrong. You should, you know. Manage, managers, coaches should always remember there's an invisible line you don't cross. 
that cross is where it gets personal. Now, I mean, crikey, we've all seen the Neil Warnock sort of videos where he goes personal with players. He, you know, basically offers players out on these things. And you kind of think, yeah, back in the 70s, 80s and 90s, you know, that, I don't know if that was acceptable or not, but... Surely, surely coaches still offer their players out in, well, in the professional game. Well, I, I, I'm, not being, I'm not being funny, right? I, I was never a snowflake. I always took... I took everything that a coach would throw at me, you know, even to the point where you go, you know, I don't agree with you, but you know what, you're right. Because when a, co- when a coach comes to you and says, Craig, you're not working hard enough, I need to do this, this and this, it isn't a case of me saying, well, hang on a second, you're wrong. In that instance, what, 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 what good would it be to say you're wrong? What, what, what would I get out of it? I'd only get further antagonistic comments, which would then probably make me feel even worse than I currently do. And I just agree with him and go, yeah, you're right. Give me 10 minutes and I'll sort it. That's all that, That's all he wants to hear. But most, but again, that for me, not many people or, or, or players or, or especially young players have got the capacity to understand that, that it's a motivational speech from, from good coaches. But I'm talking good coaches. You'll find most coaches react in a second and they've got no thought process as to why they're doing it. There's no meaning yeah. behind it other than pure rage and disappointment. And that's yeah. where that's where it's wrong. For me, that, that 100%, 100%, that's where it's wrong. And I've not experienced or seen that at the at this level. I mean, I've seen it non, at sort of where, where I've been, in, been involved as a player at non-league level, where it's where it's spilt over. But you kind of think, well, in a second, that, you know, I, I will see when, as soon as you let emotion involved, you've got no concept of the, of the terminology you want to use. So, Emotion takes over from lack of knowledge. If anything, you want the you want the emotion to spill out from the players, don't you? you, you of course you do. Of course I, you I, do. I, I think I think again, if we roll it back to a grassroots level, I think when uh, at, at that level, if if you're mo- if you're more emotional than than the kids playing, I think you're getting the balance all wrong. Of course because you are. If anything, like I used to say to the kids, I should be the one calming you lot down. Yeah, because you're the ones who, at the end of the day, are going are going to basically achieve what you need to achieve, and and you're going to progress to the level you want to progress to, whether that be winning local leagues or getting into elite teams or winning national competitions. So I think, yeah, I think for for that question, for me, for me personally, I think if you're a coach, who again, we all want the best, and we all want, when we and we we all kind of ego driven to a certain extent, where we we want to be yeah. the the main man or the woman and you know, we're the ones take. We we did it. We're the ones who got the kids or or the team to uh to the to the to, to the success they got to. But I think if your passion is 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 more extreme than the kids on the pitch, um, then I I think you're you're losing the battle. To be honest, and I think you need to rein yourself in because you're obviously not getting that message across um, no. well enough. Because well, the yeah, kids, also, yeah, the kids' passion should be should be the thing that drives you. You shouldn't be the one driving them in a sense you know you should you should implement strategy to to fuel their passion but when you're screaming and shouting like again i, I see it all the time within 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 my netborn i'm not gonna lie as well it's, it's it's hilarious sometimes to watch and you think you're you're having a you're having a heart attack while these kids are doing absolutely are, are not like you're having a hernia and the kids are not so i, I think you mm. need to kind of either find a new team or kind of find a, a better balance between, you know, w- you know what you want to achieve because it's, it's coming out all wrong. And if anything, you're this this constant voice and this constant extremist kind of 
type of attitude it's just it's not it's not filtering into the kids no more and they just they're, they're not seeing it as it's not there's no reaction to it no more and you've lost them so that's why your your passion and your anger is, is far greater than theirs because you've lost your team you so for my advice to any coaches if you feel that you're more passionate and you're more extreme and 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 you you find your your lungs bursting with with all the shouting and screaming you're doing and and you don't see the same from your team then i think it's time to kind of uh rein it in a little bit because um you obviously need to go back to the drawing board and to refocus on how to get these kids kind of uh more passionate than you because they they they're the key they're the key element of everything aren't they Craig? oh massively i mean like i say if you if you you're dead right i i think enthusiasm is okay enthusiasm's good yeah enthusiasm and passion are fine as long as it's driven towards getting getting the children enthusiastic and passionate but if you but if if, but if, it's, if it's centered around yourself and 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 your own desires and and wants to be the best then i think you know, especially at grassroots level, then I, I, I just don't think there's, there's there's room for that. Children children don't want to be shouted at for getting something wrong. They 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 want to be shown how to do it right. You know, again, I I look at I I always look at the caveman scenario about how how you know what 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 coaches are putting their hands up to coach kids. You know, you, there, there has to be a certain checklist that that or tick boxes that. That, that qualify surely you know can 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 you can you understand the game you know are you a, are you able to demonstrate on the child's level what you want them to show you because if you can't do it from a very simple perspective how are they going to do it especially if, if none of them have got the technical ability to do it to begin with you need to have some of some understanding of the pictures you want to show you need to art- be able to articulate yourself in a way that yeah. is multi-dimensional, and I'm, I mean this in a can you know have very clear way of communicating to the children in a very very clear understanding of it, basic English that they can understand, and then you need yeah. to be able to demonstrate. You know, there needs to be be you know visual or you know kinesthetic audio, all the different ways that, that to to deliver different different learning styles. Are you able to do those? Are you able to successfully adhere to the different learning styles? Have you got patience, compassion? And empathy to 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 be patient about how you're going to deliver those things. And once and once you've set your standards, yeah. are you are are you disciplined enough to enforce them week to, in week out? Yeah, week in week out. And those are the fundamentals to to to, to ensure a competitive environment. We're talking about competition here. I'm talking basic competition of a child coming up, knowing that he's going to go into some type of game situation within training, and not really wanting to go into a game. That to me is 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 them not understanding from home to the to, to training that, that that it's all about football and there is there is two goals involved and two teams and and a goal is 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 to beat the team you're playing against. That I think is the basic fundamentals of what children need to understand about football. You go well, here's, there to... well, here's well here's a question for you, Craig. I spoke to someone who's involved with Chinna um, Football Club, and okay. um, he he told me uh, he told I don't know what level it is, but he told me at a certain age. And I don't see this a lot in netball. This is why I like netball because it's kind of a little bit less dumbed down. They, you know, they, it, it, for me, it's they they haven't picked on it as much because it's not as big. Well, it's quite a big sport at a, at a women's level, but not at a grassroots level. But um, they, he said to me, we don't do league tables because yeah. it's 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 good. It, it, well, this is what he said. I said I said, oh, where are they in the league? The, the team. And he says, well, we don't have league tables. 
And I said, well, the, one of the best things about a league table is seeing where you're at. It's it, it seeing, you know, how, you know, who you need to beat to get to the next level or the next position in the table. And he said to me, oh, it's not good because parents get too stuck up on it. And then it, it only in, increases you know, the demands on the players. There you thought, go. There you go, mate. There you go. He's, but but the thing is, like, I, I don't, I don't, for me, it's as a child. It's all about the parents. It's all, it's no, but do, about do, but do you reckon that's true? Oh, mate, I'm not being funny. It's, it, they are so frightened that the parents are going to destroy the children's uh, opportunities to play sport. You may, you may as well put that as a title. So what parents, are you saying? What, parents, what are you saying? Are you, are, risking. are you saying if you produce a league table too early for a child and they, and they can see where they're at in, in, you know, in terms of, you know, are they, are they top of the league, bottom of the league or middle, mid table, parents might turn around and say, hold on a minute. Um, I don't want my child involved in something that, that kind of brings them down. Okay. Or, okay I'll, I'll is that what you're that. saying? Is that what you're saying? No. Or, yeah, or are you saying, oh, no, because parents would be more vicious on the sideline because they want to win the league and they want to win the trophy and it, it, it well, creates rivalries and all that sort of stuff. Well, it, well, it, it does. I mean, crikey, two great points. But for me, it, it boils down to a fact, if, if you're, if you're going to take competition out of sport, you take it out of everything. You take it out. You don't pick and choose what you put it in. Yeah. You don't put you don't put competition in 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 subjects in schools and take it out of sport. Sport sport is 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 just like 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 James was saying earlier. Sport is so so reflective of life. It so is. And if you're going to dumb down this 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 life for everyone, everyone's going to be successful. You just need to take part, and you'll be fine. That's rubbish. Life does not treat you that way. Life is very different, as we all know. It, but, what a about... poor, but what a poor kind of attitude to have when you, when you kind of don't produce a league table because you feel either the parent won't like it because little Timmy or Sally will be upset if, if they're not in the right yeah. position, or you feel like the parent is going to be more aggressive, more vicious, more demanding because they want to win this, this silverware at the end of the season. Like, oh, oh come on, are we surely, in, are we surely at a time where we actually think about that stuff as a child growing up did I once ever think oh my god I'm, I'm not in the right position in the table if anything it did everything right in order for you to motivate yourself like if you saw yourself third oh my god being third like second yeah. was bad enough yeah but mate that you, 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 used to go, you used to go to junior, junior athletics okay you go, you go to athletics right athletics yeah right right all ages, I'm talking under nines, under seven, under eights, under sevens, all up to under under sixteens. When you do a race, right? And I tell you this now: when you do a race, one, you know, there's six of you in those lanes, yeah. and you run down there. Does every they, they don't celebrate who finishes sixth? Don't don't no. say, you, on on that scoreboard or leaderboard. Number six doesn't get comes up in sixth place. Number one comes up as number one. You know damn well where you finished. And they allow that in athletics. They allow that in, in, um, in, in, uh, in those types of, of sporting activities. But what? But football? No, football's football's this stuff. Well, rugby. Well, I think football and rugby. I, I know. I'll, I'll come. The are two of the main culprits in regards to this dumbing down of this mixed team, non-competitive type of environment. But let me give mm. you a little story. What I didn't used to like when my daughter used to do swimming. 
they used to do these anyone involved in the swimming world know they do these big galas and they you know you sit there all day to watch like 45 seconds of racing but i enjoy to be honest i enjoyed it so um you know you get the races and some kids they would you know you're not some some of these good kids are like they just skim through the water like a stone yeah and at you know at, at the end of the race nothing was said nothing was done it was kind of like kid walked off got his time and job done but then there was a child in in the race who was very slow you know shouldn't have probably been in the race but you know he's doing his best to to be a part of this gala but then the the commentator would come on and this would happen quite frequently and start riling up the crowd saying give him some motivation and everyone's going yeah and this boy and this girl or boy the way they were going on is like this kid had won the olympics and i was sitting there thinking why are we making a big show of this for because i'm telling you now if I was a, if I was that child getting cheered on for coming on last, I'd be the most embarrassed thing on the planet. Don't I think this is this patronizing kind of um, mentality we're under where we're celebrating loss we when ce- the boy we, ce- when, we celebrate mediocrity. Yeah, we and ce- the kid the kid who just skimmed through the water and and was an absolute star, and I'm sitting there with my eyes popping out, thinking, "Whoa, like this kid is amazing." Just walks off and there's no, there's no, there's no cheering, there's no shouting, and he he doesn't get the opportunity to experience what it's like to feel like a winner. But the person who comes sixth yeah. or seventh, it's like seriously, Craig. I used to sit there and think, what the hell is going on? Like I don't mind, oh, you know, at the end, well done. But what I didn't understand was why are we putting so much energy into this sixth, seventh? All we're doing is is giving off the illusion, and all these kids around the pool. I've given off the illusion. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Coming six or seventh is not that bad, actually. Look at the reception I just got. Yeah, so I don't need to try <laughs> next time. I, in fact, I'll lose and I'll get, I'll get, I'll get more of a more more um, gratification. Oh than come on, mate! Like if you're getting, if you're getting, like because these swimming guards had a good three, four hundred people at them. If you're getting three, four hundred people, literally thinking you're a demigod, come on, mate! A lot of people are gonna are gonna buy into that narrative and. I just, I just thought to myself, we're doing this all wrong. Like that commentator should have come on, and you know, when they're watching this kid fly through the water, they should be going, "Wow, what a performance! Give him a massive clap, yeah. and give him his his moment." Because kids will then fight to have their moment, and they will yeah. do everything they can to have this. But if we, if we, if we're celebrating that. That's six, seven. And again, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking to yourself, what a disgrace this guy is or what Craig's saying is wrong, especially when he's talked about, you know, telling the kids, you know, you lost this that, and the other, please comment, please share it. And let's get a debate going because we don't, we don't care for, you know, debates and we don't care for different opinions, but we do care about grassroots sports and we do care about kids development. So the more we talk and engage in conversation, the more more problems we're going to sort out. But Craig, Craig, so if someone's if like, just think of a blank canvas, right? Mm-hmm. So someone says to you, Craig, I want to get my vo- my child involved in sport, and I want the sport to be competitive. But I haven't got a clue what competition is, and I don't have a clue what competition actually, um, what skills it teaches, and 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 stuff like that. So if you, what what are the key benefits for you 
of competition if you're trying to sell the sell the idea of competition to someone especially like right. a, 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 a young child so for me like i say it all it all starts it all starts with the child it all starts with the child does do you know take take the parent out of the equation when i get parents saying oh i think he's about ready to get into football i think he's about ready to get into football is probably the worst statement you can hear because if he's not ready to get into football and he's, and he's not telling you he wants to or he's not get, he's not asking for a football or if he's not in the garden kicking something around or if he's not seeing if you're not seeing him wanting to do things with with, with a ball or, or then 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 your opinion means nothing it generally means nothing I'm telling you now that and again that's probably one of the worst things I've, I've heard I think my child needs to be getting into football that's the first thing second of all if a child is into is into a certain sport, it doesn't have to be football. Like uh, it could be basketball, cricket, hockey, could be rugby. Could, like I say, could be swimming, athletics, could be anything. The competitive nature is already there because they've got passion for something. Once they've got passion for something, they want to be successful at it, right? So that's that's where the competitive nature is born from. It's not born really from from anything other than the environment they're in at home and the environment they're spending most of their time with. But okay. if, 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 if a parent was to say, can you bullet point the benefits now for me? So if someone said to you, Craig, give me the benefits now of competitive sport. Right. And you used, okay. used to bullet and used to and used to bullet point them. Give them give them an idea of right. If you engage your kid now in, in this competitive um, environment, this is what's going to happen. Fire off, so, Craig. Right. So first things first, they'll, they'll know where they sit in, in, amongst their peers. So they have a sense sport. of reality. They have a sense of reality. They have a sense of, of where they of where they are competitive in, in in technically, uh, competitively within the game situation. They'll 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 know where they sit. They'll have an understanding. So at least so, they know where they're going. They know where they're going. Second of all, uh, benefits of competition. It gives it gives it gives the children an understanding of the lessons you learn from winning and losing. And and I'm not being again. I'll challenge anybody to say that children shouldn't be learning from the win and lose, and that's rubbish. Because if you, if, because if you've got if you've got children that have got siblings, they've got brothers and sisters, and you're a testament to this, and I'm a testament to that. There's winning and there's losing twenty four seven at home. Yeah, winning and losing. There's competition for everything at home, whether yeah. it be this, whether it be the remote control for the TV, whether it be for the ball that's in the garden, the trampoline. It could be. You're in the shower first. No, I'm in the shower first. No, you're doing your homework first. No, I'm doing my homework first. And mate, it does not matter. There is competition in everything that yeah. they do. And even and even if you've got an only child, they are competing for, for affection. Every single day, they'll be competing for affection. I don't care who it is or what they are. They'll be challenging the parents for affection, whether it be on... They'll, they'll, they'll have a sulk. They, they, they want... They want um, recognition for doing something they want recognition for everything and that's so a competitive it, so, nature yeah so it in a, in a way the, the more you immerse someone in a, in a competitive environment the kind of the more streetwise they become 100 more, more craft the more craft and, and the more they kind of um come up with um action plans to to get what they want it's, and, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's evolution it's yeah. natural evolution Man, man was not desired. Man and woman, sorry, are not are not designed to stand still. We are yeah. designed to move forward. And if there's no movement, statutory means you're going backwards. And that's and that's what life is. Te- life is taught teaches every human, be- every living embryo, right? And then, and again, this is something I've learned recently, not recently, but over the last couple of couple of months, years, whatever it might be. 
is that we're constantly living in, in, in environments of stress anyway. You look yeah. in the animal, we look in the animal world, right? A gazelle gets chased by uh, a pack of coyotes, right? And then and and it, it knows that it need it to, to survive, it needs to outrun those coyotes. Yeah. Otherwise, it is going to die. And every single day it will it will outrun those coyotes. And once it's outrun them, it will go back to its normal day grazing amongst wherever it is. And, but, and what, but, 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 but what it does as well, and sorry to cut you up, Craig, because uh, it's a great point because nature is, is the, for me, is the truth. All you've got to do is analyze nature and you see the truth in front of you. Mm. That gazelle creates a sharpness where every day it's chased, it learns new strategies. Exactly. And, 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 and it sharpens its awareness of its environment. So, so, the, so, the, so yeah. So in that stress, in that stressful moment, its body is adapting to new changes in the environment to get it out of danger quicker. And that so, yeah, is so, all yeah. competition is. It's competition. Yeah. Competition uh, uh, adds, growth. adds growth. It adds adaption. It adds, it, 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 adds, it adds new ways to be successful in any given situation. And again, you come back to siblings. Uh, uh, the youngest sibling tends to be the one that's more aggressive. Wants to be the one, the one that the one that wants to that has to work that little bit harder to get to have recognition because it's the smaller. Yeah. So like the smaller, the smaller one tends to be the more aggressive one. Oh, to be it's honest, Craig, to... my 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 youngest, he's like a demigod to me. Um, my oldest ones, they're kind of uh, old news now, so they they probably have to vie for more attention from me because uh, once they get a bit older, I get bored and move on to the younger ones and, <laughs> and give them all my attention. So yeah. It's probably it's probably the opposite in my house, but to be honest, mate, I do hundred percent agree with what you're saying in regards to fighting for that attention. So we've got, in terms of the bullet points, we've let's let's quickly recap on what you've got so far. So for me, someone who doesn't understand competition, we're, we're saying basically it, it gives you a sense of reality. So basically, you know where you're at in mm-hmm. regards to um, you know what you need to do to to progress. So having a sense of reality is a great thing. Um, because at least you know where you're at and you and you know what you need to do to go to move forward. It gives you a um, a grounding and it gives you a sharpness, which basically allows you to um, become more streetwise. It allows you to come up with more strategies to to basically get to to get to where you need to go, um, and just helps grow you as an individual. Um, if you can step onto any um, sports field or sports court, and you have that that would you say was it a gazelle you talked about? Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I, I use that analogy for an animal. You know, it, all animals have to have that survival instinct. Again, it's the food chain, isn't it? You look at food but chains. It, but it's the same thing you go into a court, then, isn't it? If if you've got yeah. a gazelle mindset and you and you walk onto the court or the pitch and you and your and your senses are heightened to the maximum because you're constantly engaged in this this mm. this this competitive environment, your performance level is only going to be enhanced, isn't it? It is as well. Again, that, that, that genuinely comes down to the preparation that's, that's provided by the coach. So the, co- the coach has to provide that competitive environment, but, make, but ensuring that it is, in, is an environment for growth. Yeah. It, it, so for me, being in a competitive environment, but just in terms of winning, that to me is not what it's that's not what we're talking about it's not all about is it is it important to for 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 a grassroots club to to kind of i know we're going off a little point here but we'll go back onto it in a second is it important for a grassroots club to make people aware of of kind of uh, we are we are a results driven club do do people need to know that 
No, you know, I, I don't think they do. I, I think a grassroots club's philosophy should be to provide a competitively growing environment for all participants. Yeah. Now, if you're not, but if you, but if, if if you're if you're just creating an environment for football for all, and there's no competition, then there will be no growth. I'm sorry, but if you're expecting children to grow without competition, you've got another thing coming. Children need competition to understand where they where they fit in. Well, we haven't, haven't, well, to, sorry, we haven't talked about the kids who are competitive and don't get the opportunity yeah. to be competitive. Like, yeah, because, how, yeah, how unfair yeah. is that? Like kids who have that in, that that environment where they 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 want to strive to 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 prove that they are the best because everyone does to a certain extent. Um, like, what? Why are we denying these kids? Why has it become acceptable to deny these kids the opportunities they deserve to be put in? put into I, that, that's the bit that really winds me up it's like again i know it, it filters down from the governing bodies but you know you, there's how many kids out there have are just desperate to engage in, in in an activity which kind of represents their personality but again the experience is being dumbed down because the majority want it softened just because there's lack of personality there's lack of education and again, there's lack of there's lack of um, environment. If if you haven't got a league table, how the hell do you get people prepared for a game at the weekend? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> again, uh, again, I, I I do think that's a bit strange. Based, based simply based on the fact that you know, you in, in in any other walk in any other walk for these children, they understand where they sit. There are league tables. There are results tables. They know exactly how they're doing. They're, they're everything is everything is set against national standards. Yet, yet sport isn't. Yeah, I know level. it's weird, very and, weird, and, and it's and it's, it's, it's it just it just baffles me. You know, I've I've considered putting together you know packs where we you can you can track children's um, development where you know you, you give them a score out of ten you know um, for all the different technique technical attributes so children can. That's see a good idea. I like that exa- idea. Exactly where they fit, but it's, the, the 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 general. I mean. The paperwork side of it would be horrendous if you if you had yeah. an app, for instance, if you developed an app where all coaches could could at the end of the session simply just mark each player down as 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 well, where they are. Well, I tell, well, do you know what, Craig? That's a great point you made because when my daughter did her first initial swimming, do you know what I love more than anything about the whole process? I could access an app, and they told me if she passed the certain wow. fundamentals. And I tell you what, mate, I absolutely loved it because after every session, the coaches would update because there was key elements they had to work on each week and they would pass her because you went through your badges. So you went up to level eight or whatever it was. Isn't it but amazing? Then, t- isn't it amazing? It was, it, it, she loved it. She was only five and six. Wow. And she, and she um, loved it. See, see I, I actually think that children, even, even the children that are really struggling technically, if they actually understood where, where their technique sat against somebody else who was at the same age as them, but they could clearly see the differences between them. But how do I get to their standard? And well, hang on a second. Well, they, you know, their ball control is at a six and yours is at a three. There must be so, something out there, Craig. Got to be. Not, but how simple is that? That one, one, kid, one kid can look at something and go, well, hang on a second, I'm three below him. That's why I can't. That's why he gets. That's why he. That's why he's so good. And then he's passing. He's his seven, and mine's a, mine's a five. No wonder I can't get anywhere near him. Maybe, I mean? maybe, maybe, maybe I can. I can connect with him and, and go train with him and, and try and improve yeah. my passing along with or, him. Or, 
or ultimately they'll go home. This is this is what I want. I want the engagement from from grassroots clubs to home environments. They take that information home, and it then gives them an idea of what they can do at home. And then that then then whatever it is this this app or whatever it then gives them ideas on how to improve each each fundamental area on their own. I'll tell you what would be interesting, and I don't know. You know, we we're sitting here, Craig, talking about uh, competition in sport and strategies to get kids competitive and mm. ideas for coaches. But maybe a, a a good idea would be to potentially create a, a pack to to basically give over the information in regards to right. This is how you teach competitive sport, mm. and then and then and then clubs and grassroots clubs buying into this pack and 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 basically learning it, teaching it. And hopefully seeing the benefits. And I think probably that is probably hopefully anyone's not who's listening later on won't steal this idea. But I think maybe that's a, a great thing for us to maybe look into because there's nothing out there from governing bodies perspective where join this coaching workshop or download yeah. this information to, to give you an idea of how to teach competition. It's just, it's I just really, it's, I, I'm not aware of it. It's also very random as well. So you look at you look on YouTube and the FA websites and all that type of stuff, and it's there's random sessions for for like passing, dribbling, to all those types of things. And I know they've they've tried to make it age age appropriate, but it's always still down to opinion. There's no actual way of gauging ability. There's no actual way of gauging. I mean, crikey, they can't separate Messi or Ronaldo because there's no way to gauge their individual ability levels. There's no way to gauge it because they're both at the top of their game in their own fundamental fields. Well, they're both fundamental fields are exactly the same. They're identical, but they're so different. And that is where the the problem comes. But if you were to, if you were to, to be able to say, right, can you do this? What, what, what level are you at at this, at this skill? What level are you at at this technique? What level are you at this, at this tactic? Uh, so, yeah, it's brilliant. I, I, I think that would work amazingly because with Sienna's sw um, swimming app, um, it, every day we went, it, it gave you that motivation to, to really make sure you parent, child and coach were all pushing in the right direction. And mm. she, and she, and luckily enough, she flew through these, uh, these levels and she and and she went on to swim for a, cl a, a local club um but yeah it was, it was it was great so something in the footballing world and uh, that's a great point like footballing world or netball world or hockey or basketball imagine you know, if there was a universal app that you could have for all sport you just you just click but then sport. we but would you have then a problem again of of coaches lying or or or, or not wanting to disappoint so they just give give numbers over that there, and not there, there, there is there is but then but then are you, are you then you'll you'll be solely solely responsible yeah true for that child for that child's um mental state when you say well you, you know you put him up against a kid that's got an eight in ball control and you're saying rather than upsetting his feelings you say he's got an eight as well and yeah you look at the term you say i'm going to second no chance of them two the same You've you, yeah. you've great you've graded him wrong, but also, yeah. but also, but ultimately, that then comes down to overwhelming evidence, doesn't it? So, it does, instance, yeah. it, so, so if you're saying over, over a 40, 50 minute game that the child that that's got an eight controls the ball six, seven times out of ten, you know, or maybe even eight times out of ten, then he's probably right because that's an eight out of ten. 
then, yeah. then, then if that other child only touches the ball twice but gives the ball away twice, then he probably is at a low three or four because he had a a nobody's trusting him, but also when he when he's give, being given the ball, he's giving it away or he's, he's miscontrolling it. But but under those circumstances, and this is what I always I, I again. I always keep my information identical. I don't change how I speak to children. I always say the same thing. If you want to be the best you can be and have an opportunity to play at the highest levels, as I used to do when I was your age and maybe a little bit younger, I just used to practice fundamental basics, technique over everything. I never used to smash the ball um, at the goal. I just used to just pass the ball against the wall. Pass, 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 pass. And you know what? As boring as it sounds, and this is where again, you as I always say, you guys are have got have got an advantage over me in every every stage because you guys are under the age of twelve. I didn't start playing football till I was twelve. You've got four years on me, some of you. So you see, so for you to be able to practice, you have got four more exercises. I always use I always use stats with them. I always use, go over and over and over. And for five minutes, ten minutes, you can see the enthusiasm to want to do it. I say, if you can pass that ball backwards and forwards without making a mistake, 10, 20, 30 times out of 30 without making a mistake, that's all professional players do is one, you know, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. And for that, yeah. and for that, for that 10, 15 seconds or a minute or five minutes and you watch them do it. And then after that five minutes, their old habits kick in where, where they're away from the away, away from the football training session and they're, and they're back at home in their heads and then they're back at home in their home environments, but still at the train session, you watch them smashing balls in the air and tripping each other up and flicking each other's ears. And you think that information needs to be at home, not here. I can, oh, I, no. I can say I can give that information a hundred times out of a hundred, but if they're not, if, if they're, if the information is not being replicated at home, if the parents or the people that they're surrounding themselves with and the kids that they're playing with are not replicating the, that, those repetitions, and unfortunately, they're never going to get to a standard that they want to get to. And competition yeah. is irrelevant because they're not experiencing it enough. Yeah, no, hundred percent, mate. And um, I think now we've, we've, I think the, the best thing to do now is to summarise what we've talked about. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To, to, to kind of give our conclusion because uh, I think we, we we kind of went quite smoothly through that. And yeah. but again, it's it's a it's a subject which there's no definitive answer. There's so many different dynamics mm. to this. To this to this issue you know there's so many things like anything in life you know you people label certain people as as whatever but they don't take into consideration all the things that's happening around them to to, to create the result so if I, i'm gonna go, i'm gonna do my conclusion first and we we'll do your second craig but my conclusion is number one environment environment is key so what environment are these children coming from the more the more you arms um, you, you, you engage your child in risk. The more you engage your child in, in regards to work ethic, um, not kind of um, making them feel they're, they're, the, they're the finished article all the time and implementing certain things within the household, which encourages them to feel a bit of pain, especially when they play like a game and there's, there's an element of uh, winning and losing. It's, it's, it's key to giving someone that, that, again, reality check and perspective that they that life isn't isn't rosy it's not all fun and games it is it is tough and the, the earlier you kind of engage them in that process the the earlier they're going to get they're going to understand it so when they do engage in 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 sport they're going to be more prepared for it and they're going to be more willing to to take risks and to push themselves and with with that 
they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna achieve a lot more. They're they're gonna experience a lot more. Um, and yeah, it, it just it's it's just part and parcel. The more the more you're engaged in in success and failure, the more hungrier you become to 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 achieve because you don't want you, you your hunger stems from not wanting to feel failure again, and also wanting to feel the the benefits of the of the work you're putting in. Um, in on the coach perspective, I think strategy is key. So making sure you have strategy in, implemented within your sessions to make sure everyone's buying into into what you're selling so like like i talked uh, talked about earlier this this the hard work dedication thing just mm. little things like that like when they come to the session create trigger words to make sure they're they're ready for the session and to understand the expectations of the session which is hard work and we're dedicated to the hard work process of this session um and in regards to like the parent side of things, I, I think, yes, parents can be very competitive and yes, they can uh, be more competitive than, than the kids, but there's not a lot wrong with, with an enthusiastic parent. I'd rather a more enthusiastic parent than a parent who's not enthusiastic. But at the same time, that, that goes, that, that probably gets filtered into coaches as well. Coaches, you for me, you have to have a certain level of charisma, a certain personality to deliver. Um, high intense sessions or competitive sessions and and not only that Craig it's something we didn't touch on is being able to cut to to man manage disappointment mm -hmm. um, at the, and if you've got a coach who hasn't again put themselves out enough to understand what it's like to feel the, the pain of losing or the or the pain of defeat then there's no way you can you can you can kind of guide kids through that process I think also um, governing bodies just need to stop this narrative of 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 dumbing down their sports because all you're doing is just is 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 reducing the experience for the children and why the hell would you want to do that so there, there's opportunity to create competitive competitive squads and non-competitive squads if people don't like that i've got i've got a i've got a child who doesn't like competition that much so i wouldn't put her in a highly intense competitive environment so just again, just give clubs license to 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 mould their their structure to to lean towards the competitive side and to lean towards the more fun side. I, I don't understand why that that is a that is an issue, but unfortunately it is. And again, just give them the league tables, give them a a, a sense of reality, create the app or create a system which gives them a measurement of where they're at, and uh, don't be afraid. And that's the most important thing. Like. No one likes being patronised, and the less and the, and the less you patronise someone, the more they respect you. And and the best coaches I had, and especially my dad in particular, the the, the reality check I got off, I had a coach called Peter Rhodes Brown, and, and my dad in particular, two people who I who I felt um, gave me the best perspective when it comes to my development, is that the be what they did was they gave me reality checks. They told me when I did wrong. They told me when I did right. And that gave me the the hunger and the desire to want to go on and and, and achieve, and um, yeah, I think all round as a competitor, someone who's extremely competitive is a more more well rounded individual. Um, they can take defeat, they can take they can take, and most importantly, they they don't give up. They still they still keep their level high when they win because they understand the win doesn't last forever. It's a, it's a moment, and now you've mm -hmm. got to move on to the next moment. So um yeah I think people who engage in competition are are, are more bet are, are better rounded individuals um 
kind of you can have you, you don't find Craig at people who are who are quite intense within the the, the competition world that they're, they're so open to, to suggestion as well like if you have a conversation with them as an adult they're more willing to listen they're more willing yeah, to hear yeah. they're more willing to hear something they don't necessarily want to hear because they understand that there is two sides to this if you're going to engage in a conversation you might not you might hear something you might not want to hear if you engage in a competition you can you and you and you want to win there's a there's a potential you're going to lose so I, yeah i just think competition is great it should be taught and it's a necessity because competition sport reflects your life will reflect your journey in life and there's no better way of uh, creating that mirror than uh, to engage people in competition so that is my summary off you go, Craig. Nice one, Rich. Well, I think you hit the nail. I think you hit the nail on the head. That um, winning and losing are momentary actions that are, that last a lifetime, don't they? And I think that's probably what we we kind of get stuck into. So my summary is based on that. It's based on teaching teaching children how to win and lose within seconds of each other, but understanding the, the lessons that are involved within both of them. And I think that's where the, the 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 education side of it must come in from a coach's perspective. They must they must be able to articulate both eventualities within sport and 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 make it clear that they both will happen, and and they're yeah. to be they're there to be expected, they're to be embraced, they're to be almost cherished and loved. Yeah, yeah, and, of course, uh, uh, and not feared. I think we uh, the the biggest problem we have with competition in sport is the fear of putting competition into sport because of what it what it what it turns people into and it's not so much what it turns people into it's what is the fear of, of, of children being disappointed yeah you know and that to me is, is, is where it, fundamentally that's what that's what needs to change children will get disappointed they will they'll, they'll be elated they'll be disappointed but that's that's yeah. life that's life you know but again coaches coaches jobs are to safeguard those situations and give give the children the right education based on both both outcomes so Not are we both losing. yeah so are we saying so when we when someone says to us so richard craig and james who unfortunately had to drop out you've done your summary but you still haven't said what age so what are we saying craig so are we what, what for you the final question is how old does a child need to be to engage them in in this type of uh, in, in in this type of environment? I think I think you I think you know the answer to that. There, there's no there, there's no minimum age yeah. for competition yeah. sport. There really isn't. I'm, I, I don't care what anyone says. I'll I'll, I'll argue John Blue in the face. I've had I, I've I've had a, I've had a three year old competing with a five year old at home. I've had a two year old yeah. keep competing with a four year old at home. They compete they they compete as soon as they know how to. And so, yeah. as soon as they know they want something, I'm telling you now, you, every single baby that cries, when it, it cries for a reason, it cries because it wants feed and it cries. That's a competitive nature. I want that now. If I don't get yeah. it, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm sorry, but no, that, for me, competitive environments exist everywhere. We yeah. need to educate and, them quicker. We need to educate them earlier. We need to get them yeah. understanding what it's all about. And when they're ready, put them into those environments more and more because life is not going to wait. Life, life is going to hit them harder, bigger, faster, and stronger than they'll ever realise. The quicker they understand how to be involved in those situations, the stronger and more adapt they're going to be. Yeah, and that's and then do you know what? The more we engage, and and you, and you probably you probably see this in society in general in, in regards to relationships. We just want this 
nicey, nicey, short fix type of uh, in, environment where everything has to be perfect because the education is not teaching them that everything won't be perfect. So again, get them involved in competition as early as you can. Let's let's give them let's give them it let's just give them a reality check as quick as we can. And I'll tell you this now: you watch those kids flourish, and it doesn't matter what their ability levels are; they will flourish. Absolutely. They will they they will benefit, and they'll be better for it. Um, so that concludes our second podcast. Thank you for listening. If you if you're tuning in, and once again, if if you can share, like, comment, and get involved in the debate, let us know what you thought. Anything we said that you thought was a load of rubbish, please tell us. Anything you thought we said was right, then again, give us some praise. I don't mind a bit of praise. I'll take a bit of that. But our next podcast, and we, and I think this is going to be a really cool one and a very uh, uh, volatile one, especially with people, um, with, with society we're living in at the moment, is the lockdown, the impact of lockdown and sport and why sport was given the back foot, especially when government was, was, was pushing the narrative that the more healthy you are, the less likely you were to succumb to this so-called virus. So I think we'll tackle that one next, Craig. And yeah, um, that sounds like a good a good chat. Let, let's 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 uh let's let's try and come up with a reality check for some people in regards to why did sport have to stop, especially when the the the, the narrative was the healthier you are, Craig, the less likely you are to get it. But let's shut down the whole of sport. But we're we're we'll tackle that. Um, on, on another day but thank you so much mate for being involved in the chat and um, we'll we, 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 we conclude our next one um, soon nice one buddy yeah like I said as always mate it's, it's great to chat um, if nothing else mate it's good to wear some of the frustrations isn't it um, that we've both experienced uh, or have experienced not just recently but throughout the last sort of couple of decades of our yeah. Our life is it's just like I say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. It's, 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 it's great with like minded people. I'm gutted that James had to had to leave, but um, like I say, hopefully we can keep him for longer than 30 minutes next week. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, there will be. But I'm um, Craig, I'll, I'll say good night. But anyone listening, thank you for listening. And we'll hopefully have you tune in again next week when we talk about the impact of lockdown on sport. So thank you very much. Speak to you soon. Bye, guys. See you later.